What's going on, folks? Your guy, Tom McGain, here, TG, Ice Cold Sports, America's Sports Show. Happy to be back with you, as always. Uh, happy Monday. I'm having a happy Monday. Hope you're having a happy Monday. Let's begin. College football. So, on Saturday, Caleb Williams and USC suffered their second loss of the season to uh, Utah. Final score, 34-32 at the Coliseum. And Caleb Williams, it's been a tough go of it. I mean, they lost that game against Notre Dame. They take on Utah, the, you know, the second real team they played this season and the second loss they've gotten. Caleb Williams has completely played himself out of the Heisman conversation. And USC has basically completely played themselves out of any chance at a national championship. Uh, it's tough go of it, I think. I mean, going into last year, Lincoln Riley is supposed to be the next coming. And obviously they came this close to the playoff last year and then completely dropped the ball against Utah. I'm not sure if there's a school that owns Caleb Williams as hard as Utah does. They have just clobbered him over three all time against Utah. Um, it's a tough scene if you're USC and if you're Caleb Williams, who I think he's still probably the number one pick in the draft. He's definitely in the first, still going to be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, and talking about that, so Emmanuel Acho, who works for ESPN, after USC lost, he comes out and he says, you know what? I think Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the year. He should sit out and you know, to, to protect his draft stock because he can't win the Heisman. He can't win a national championship. Sit out, protect draft stock. And I got to be honest, very bad idea. Really bad idea. And I'll tell you why. Let's start off with just leave out the fact that college football shouldn't be considered just a minor league for the pros and then it means something by itself. I think it does. Uh, but moving beyond that, do you really want to take a quarterback who is going to abandon his team this early in the season just because, you know, he wants to protect draft stock? Do you? I think if you are as an NFL team, I would have second thoughts on that quarterback. There's always been questions about, you know, Hale Williams and Lincoln Riley and how they've acted this season. Uh, and it's not getting better if you completely take yourself out of the game in order to protect, you know, the hypothetical draft stock going forward. Now, I'd understand sitting out the bowl game, that's one thing. But sitting out the rest of the season, that's just out there. That's just crazy. And I think it also leads back into kind of the larger conversation about college football uh, discourse amongst people who primarily talk about NFL, like Emmanuel Acho. And those people think of college football as just a prelude to the NFL, a prelude to the NFL, which I don't think it should be. I think college football means something by itself. Uh, and I think with the NIL dollars, it means something by itself, especially. So I don't think you should sit out the rest of the season. I think a lot of people are very upset about him saying that stuff. I understand other players have done this, but being a quarterback of such a high stature doing that would just be, I think, just an atrocity overall. And I think he still has a lot to play for improving that he can be that guy at the next level. Honestly, because this season, we've seen him take on two huge opponents and fall short both times. I think these games against Oregon and against Washington are going to be really important to proving, hey, I really can be that guy in the next level. Next up, Iowa, Minnesota. Iowa loses 12-10 to at home 
Uh, previously, they were six and one. Now they're six and two. Their defense has been awesome. Their offense, however, has been historically terrible. And there's been a lot made about Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, in his new contract he signed over the offseason. He is, it stipulates that he gets 325 points on the season, which means he averages 25 points per game. Uh, and he has been falling well short of that. In this game, late in the fourth quarter, punt return by Iowa's Cooper DeJohn, one of the best punt returners in the game. He takes it back for a touchdown. It looks like Iowa's saved. They're going to be 7-1. But oh, no, no, sir. Oh, no, no. They say it is an illegal fair catch that he was waving his arms below his shoulders. And that counts as an illegal fair catch. And the ball is dead at where it was downed. Folks, terrible call. Awful call. And listen, people are going to come back. And they were coming back at me on Twitter saying, you don't know what you're talking about. If you read the rule book, it's the right call. He waved his arm below his body, like below. And if you actually watch the game, he was just waving off his teammates. The way the rule book is worded, it makes it sound like if he like barely waved his arm, he would be considered a, a fair catch, like an illegal fair catch in that situation. So it was just a ticky-tack call. No one's ever heard of this rule before. Not really. Uh, uh, uh. It quite clearly, he wasn't trying to call a fair catch. No one in their right mind thought he was trying to call a, fair call a fair catch or he was trying to make some sort of fair catch or doing like a bad fair catch call. He clearly wasn't doing that. Uh, it was a ref show. The refs should have swallowed their whistles there. And obviously, it was on replay that they took it back, which makes it worse, honestly. Minnesota fans will come around and complain and say, you don't know what you're talking about. This is was the right call. If you look, like, clearly, like, you know, look at the very little minutia of the year of the, of the rule book, it was the right call. I don't care. I don't care. He was, like, moving his arm to get people out of the way. Give me a break. It was with one arm also. It was just one of those calls that you can't make in that situation. You just can't. And yet, they just they, they decide to make it a ref show, make it about themselves. Iowa got screwed. I would be unbelievably pissed if I was Iowa. And if I were Cooper, I feel bad for the kid. Iowa deserved to win that game. Finally, talking college football. Uh, Michigan beat Michigan State 49-0 uh, in, East, in East Lansing. Uh, it was an absolute pummeling. It was awful. And obviously Michigan State has had a horrendous year. Uh, Mel Tucker getting fired. It, it has pushed back the program so far. And then on top of all that, on Saturday night, basically they're trying to make up time. They put a trivia video on the scoreboard for the fans. And in the trivia video, they asked the question, where was Hitler born? And the answer comes up Austria, and it shows a picture of Hitler on the scoreboard. On the scoreboard. It was one of the crazier pictures I've seen come up on Twitter. For sure, I thought when I saw it, this has to be faked. There's no way that someone made the choice of putting Adolf Hitler on the scoreboard. And they did. What possible situation would it be appropriate to put that on the scoreboard? And apparently, so... A, it was a from YouTube. It was a trivia 
show on YouTube. Like showing trivia questions. And first of all, who didn't look at the video before they put it on the scoreboard? Who was lazy enough that they just took it from YouTube and threw it on the scoreboard? What is that all about? Like what? What? And I'll also say this. Now, obviously Michigan State apologizing was important. They should do that. Um, no one should get angry at whoever made the video because it was a it was a trivia question. It wasn't like it was like something good about Hitler or something like that. It was just a, a trivia question that had him in it. So, I mean, it, it, no one should like cancel the video creator who had nothing to do with Michigan State. I think it's just a clearly just a lack of effort and attention by the video staff of Michigan State. I mean, I, I, it's, it's just inexcusable when it comes down to it. It's something I didn't expect to see. I mean, Michigan State taking L's left and right between the game, between the state of the program, and now this, not a good look at all. Moving on to the NFL, it was the rise of the one in five teams this week. The Bears, Patriots, Broncos, Giants all got their second win of the season. Start off with my Chicago Bears. They won 30 to 12 against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a it was a it was a matchup of backup quarterbacks. Uh Brian Hoyer for the Raiders, Tyson Bajant for the Bears. Bajant, the first D2 quarterback to start in the NFL since 2010. And he played well. He played well. Now I don't think Bears fans should get too optimistic like he's going to be the guy because I don't think he has the arm strength to be a guy in the NFL. And I think we're getting the, the, the horse before the card here. But it was still a nice win for a team that had not won at home in over a year. A great win for the Bears faithful. I'll say that. Now, it also didn't help at all. didn't, you know, hurt at all that the, you know, the, the Raiders uh, had a bad quarterback in there and the Bears defense be able to feast off that but still for Bears fans pretty good even though now they've dropped back to third in the draft they now have the one and three picks in the draft but still what are you gonna do also Nick Wright I want an apology Nick Wright came out before the game and said well I know that Brian Hoyer hasn't won a game in seven years but guess what the Bears starting a D2 quarterback so auto bet the the Raiders that's what he said well what happened man what happened? I want an apology on behalf of Tyson Bajan and his family who was at the game. Also, fun fact, Tyson Bajan, his father is one of the all-time great arm wrestlers, a billion-time arm wrestling world champ. Pretty awesome, if you ask me. Then, the Broncos won 19-17 against the Packers. A nice win for a very embattled franchise in Denver. But beyond that, I think the real storyline goes back to the Packers, uh, Jordan Love, I think some people in Packer Nation thought after a, a nice first couple of games, hey, maybe we have our guy. Maybe we have the next Aaron Rodgers. You know, and it's one of those things where if you don't see something happen, you don't believe it to be real. You know, when you're a Packers fan and you see your starting quarterback be elite, Hall of Fame caliber for the last 30 years, and then you finally get in a guy who isn't, you know, it takes a while to accept that you know, you aren't infallible, that you can have a bad quarterback, you can develop a bad quarterback, and that is what we see in Jordan Love. Now, bad quarterback might be a little bit too harsh. I think he's an okay quarterback, a fine quarterback, but on that scale of Hall of Famer to dud, he's much closer to dud. 
Um, even if it's all those two touchdown passes he threw, the first one, he should have had him in the back of the end zone by the pylon. And it was like a, the simultaneous possession type thing where the possession goes to the receiver. It shouldn't have even gone to that. And then the second one was a tip drill. It got tipped and then caught. So I don't think Jordan Love is him. He's not the guy, pal. He's not the guy. Um, and I think that's the bigger takeaway from this game, but good for the Broncos, seriously. And then the Patriots win 29-25 over the Bills. They did something that the Giants came this close to doing last week, uh, except at home. Mac Jones, a lot of people have said bad things about him. I don't think he's a guy who can bring, can bring you to a Super Bowl. I think he can bring you to the playoffs. He's already done that. But at the same time, a nice win. This season, they've had some really close games against some really good teams, including the Eagles. They obviously got blown away against the Cowboys. That was an absolute catastrophe. But they they played some really close games against some really good teams. Uh, I don't think they are talent enough, talented enough to really compete in this division by any means. And I think they're too far behind at this point to get back to there. Does this buy Mac Jones, you know, these kind of games buy Mac Jones maybe a little bit more time? Maybe, maybe you say to yourself, maybe we don't need to go out and, and, and make that capital go to a quarterback right away. Uh, but still for a battle franchise, I think it's good. I think it puts some more warning signs there for the bills that there are some holes, you know, around, uh, the ship for Buffalo. I do think that they are still one of the best in the AFC and in the AFC East, and they should be the favorite to win the AFC East. However, a tough loss, notwithstanding. Next, tonight, it will be NLCS Game 6 and ALCS Game 7. Uh, the Phillies are one game away from the World Series, while the Rangers and the Astros are both do or die, win or go home. Pretty huge. Uh, we'll see what ends up going down. Credit to the Rangers, by the way, because they went up 2-0, and then they went down 3-2, and then they won this last game. You'd think this momentum would carry on for Houston. For Houston, they'd be able to win. They were able to take one back. Uh, and then the Phillies kind of did the same thing after, you know, the series getting tied up by the Diamondbacks at home. Phillies was able to take another one back. Um, if I were to predict what it's going to end up being, it's probably going to be Astros, Phillies again. Uh, I think the best series competitively probably would be Rangers Phillies and then obviously I said I was rooting for a Diamondbacks Rangers World Series because of the markets being smallest markets as possible uh, however I really do think the best series competitively would be Rangers Phillies I think if it was Phillies Astros I'd say Astros for sure Astros Diamondbacks Astros for sure Diamondbacks Rangers Rangers for sure uh, but Phillies versus the Rangers, I think, I do think it'd be the, the, the Phillies would have the, the edge. However, I think it'd be a better series overall. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll see if we can have both sides of the World Series decide tonight. If not, uh, at least one side probably will, will definitely be, of course. Uh, after we get a full World Series matchup, I'm going to have the Zach Lyons on here, and we're going to have a nice World Series preview to give you an in-depth look at both teams uh, but very exciting. I am I am hoping that Kyle Schwarber gets himself another ring, though, because cup for life, of course. So we'll see. And finally, so the NBA season starts on Tuesday. 
pretty huge. Uh, another transitional part of the year. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll be talking about the NBA soon. I'll have Zach Lyons on. We'll talk about the NBA as well. However, news comes out. And forgive me if you haven't heard this before. James Harden says, uh, James Harden is nowhere to be found. And he probably won't be there for the start of the season for the 76ers. Oh, man. How surprised am I? Oh, my gosh. I mean, he trash-talked the brass in Philly, and he's not showing up. I guess we shouldn't be surprised at all. But, man, oh, man. I don't know if there's a guy who is more of a me and now we person than James Harden. Consistently, year after year after year after year after year. Forcing his way out. Wanting his way out. He wanted his way out out of Houston. He wanted his way out out of Brooklyn. Now he wants his way out out of Philly. My goodness, he's wasted, he's wasted the best years of his career on wanting out, on being about himself. At least it feels like it. I I feel bad for Philly fans in this respect, even though I don't feel bad for them the fact that they have, you know, a great football team and a great baseball team. But, geez, just over and over again, he's a guy with so much talent, who has so much to offer, and he just makes it about himself. Time in, time out. He's not even the st- the main star of that team. He's behind Embiid, and yet we're talking about him and what he wants and what he wants always. It's never about the team. He's been a superstar for so long, and he would think that eventually it would sink in that the great superstars, the guys who get somewhere in this league, at least like sacrifice somewhat and make it about the team. And he doesn't seem to ever want to do that. When he is not happy, he just lets it all hang out, and he 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 doesn't show up, even either literally or figuratively in the big games. It sucks. It's bad. I feel bad for his teammates. He already his head coach already got fired, and now his new head coach is already dealing with this. Unbelievable. All right, folks. Thank you all for watching and or listening. Please subscribe at High School SPRTS at Tommy S G H A N uh, on social media including on uh, TikTok at Tommy SGHAN. That's also the High School Sports TikTok. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, High School Sports. Thank you, thank you all for watching and or listening. I am Tommy Gann, and this has been Ice Cold S-T-O-R-T-S Sports, 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 Sports. See you guys.